Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Moms. This is Dorothy Polarski and of course, Father Dennis Lemieux. Oh, we're, we're so excited to have you here. As you're signing on, um, could you say hello to us in the chat box? Can you let us know that you're here? Um, it's always very exciting for us to um, just you know, say, hi, I'm Helen from Houston, or I'm Kathy from Canada, or I'm Olivia from Ottawa. We love hearing who's here. We love hearing where you're from. So we would ask in the chat box as you're signing on to let us know. <laughs> Father Dennis with his great sense of humor. I'm Father Dennis from uh, Missouri. Hello. Uh, great to see you here. Again, this is Midday Moms uh, from CatholicMomsGroup.com. I always say if you want to learn more about our ministry, you can just Google three words, CatholicMomsGroup.com. Very easy to find out about us. Um, we are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood, and we do so primarily by helping Catholic parishes start Catholic moms groups. And um, we've helped start about 55 Catholic moms groups. We now have one in the North Pole, in Mississippi, in Minnesota, in Mississauga, uh, several in the Diocese of St. Catherine, several in the Diocese of Peterborough. And of course, we're faith partners with the Archdiocese of Toronto. Um, someone is saying, it says, it says that the chat is disabled. I didn't disable the chat. How did that happen? So now let me um, show chat previews. I did not disable the chat. I don't know what happened there. So forgive me, Amanda, for, because um, I didn't, thank you for mentioning that. So I won't get paranoid about why people aren't uh, saying hello in the chat, because usually people do. Um, I did not consciously uh, disable it, so forgive me. Anyway, uh, we're just going to get moving right along here, and um, I'd like to show all of you our short ministry video before I formally introduce uh, Father Dennis Lemieux. I have his uh, introduction here. So for those of you that might be interested in starting a Catholic moms group, I want to share our ministry video. So uh, again, if you Google catholicmomsgroup.com and you scroll down, you'll see that we can help you start one of three types of groups, a group for moms only, for moms and tots, or virtual meetings, um, similar to this one, although the format is a little bit different. Mothers, by our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers. We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know him and love him, and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics, we have the community of our church, many mothers attending mass could not name the moms sitting next to them in the pew they share. Community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture. 
your parish needs you to bring these moms together. Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group. We at Catholic Moms Group are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? A group of moms in love with their Catholic faith, ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at. Can you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mother's group, it's not rocket science, but working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both moms groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mothers groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mothers group starter kit and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic mothers group leaders across the world. It's time to start a mothers group at your parish. Join us today. So part of the reason that we're here is we're hoping that someone is going to be uh, inspired to start a Catholic moms group. Um, anyway, I would like to formally introduce Father Dennis Lemieux. Father Dennis Lemieux is a native of Alexandria, Ontario, and he has been a member of the Madonna House community since 1991 and a priest since 2004. He has a licentiate in sacred theology and has written numerous books on various spiritual topics, including I Choice, Staying Human in a Digital Age. He is currently um, residing in Salem, Missouri at the Madonna House Mission there. And I'm just so honored and so thrilled that um, Father Lemieux has, has joined us and uh, for many years now, I have been trying to find someone to either write or speak or address the entire issue of duties of a Catholic mom, just duties in general. And many moms that I asked said, don't talk to me about duties. Don't talk to me about duties. That triggers me. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was brought up with the word duty, and, uh, but I don't feel qualified to speak about it. So uh, a big warm welcome to uh, Father Dennis Lemieux. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Dorothea. I was 
just talking with the people I live with about how much I how much I enjoy working with you. <laughs> not to not to stroke you a little bit here, but but how much I really I've always am so happy when you ask me to do things. I, I you're a you're a wonderful person to work with. <laughs> Very easy and organized and wonderful. So indeed, uh, so Dorothy is the one who gave me this topic. We were talking after my the last thing I did for for uh, dynamic women of faith. We were talking and she said she was wanting someone to give a topic on the duties of a Catholic wife or duties of a Catholic mother. And I was like, well, I'll, okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't have the slightest interest in talking about that, <laughs> to be quite honest, for, for exactly the reason that you just said, Dorothy, just because for so many women, so many mothers, that word is so freighted with such negativity. And so I am, my initial thing is, well, I'm not going to talk about that. I will, but I'm going to come around to it through the back door and whatever. And it's, it's going to be a little bit of a different a little. I'm going to give an unexpected answer, I think, to what are the duties of a Catholic mother? Because uh, the last thing in the world I want to do, I mean, my gosh, and the last thing in the world any of you want to hear from me is for me to start enumerating all the things you're supposed to be doing. I mean, that's largely unnecessary. I think all of you who are listening are more than capable of figuring out what you need to be doing every day. And it's, uh, I would even say it's probably at least a borderline offensive for me to start yammering away at you about it. I mean, talk about mansplaining, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to start mansplaining to you what your duties are. That would be Gross. <laughs> okay. So that's because we have a problem. We have a problem. And the problem is duty is, it's a really heavy word for many, maybe most, maybe almost everyone. Like it, it, it connotes this, the endless job list, the endless to-do list, all the things you're supposed to do every day with a heaping side helping of guilt and blame. If you're not doing every last thing on that list that you or someone else decided is your duty. And pretty much all mothers, aside from the like the really negligent ones who I sincerely doubt are listening to this webinar, undoubtedly the vast majority of fathers are perfectly aware of the commitments that came along with the choice you made to be open to life and make babies. You are very aware. You're very aware that you have a long list of daily tasks that have to be accomplished that are just necessary for the health and well-being of your children uh, and family. So it seems that attaching a word of moral command, which duty is, it is your duty, you know, it seems a little unnecessary. It might even seem a little harsh when you already know what you have to do. But that's, so that's problem number one. Problem number two, though, is every spiritual writer from the year one until now, 
speaks of how our path to holiness includes as a necessary component being faithful to the duties of your state of life. I'm a priest. There are certain duties I need to be faithful to every day as a priest. If I'm going to be a holy priest, I have to be faithful to the duties of my state of life. So, and that's across the board. You won't find a, a legitimate spiritual writer. You'll find maybe some flaky heretics, but you won't find any legitimate spiritual writers who don't include that. So we can't just toss the word duty out the window. There's a very profound insight that is found throughout all the spiritual literature, certainly of Christianity, I don't know other religions all that well, that God is very much concerned with the minutiae. God is concerned with the fine details of daily life. It's all connected somehow. You know, the old saying, the devil is in the details, but God is in the details too. God is not indifferent to all the little ways we pass our days. So, so we have a challenge before us, it seems. We have to reclaim the word duty as a gospel word. That is, as good news. Something that doesn't add a burden of guilt and shame to our life, but something that actually brings joy and freedom brings us joy and freedom to our days. So that's what I'm gonna do in this talk. And out of that presentation of how the word and the concept of duty is actually life-giving and joy-giving, I am gonna be coming around in a very circular kind of way to the topic as it was given to me, what is the duty of a Catholic mother? Now, fortunately, this is not difficult for me. This is right up my alley. As a priest of the Madonna House Apostolate, any of you listening who know anything about Madonna House at all, know that this is, this is talk about playing a game on your own home field. <laughs> Definitely, I'm in, I'm in my comfort zone here because the word duty is, as a matter of fact, absolutely central to Madonna House spirituality as given to us by our founder, Catherine Doherty. And it has proven over the many years of my life in Madonna House and our life as a community, it has proven to be a rich and very consoling word, not only for us who, are, who belong to Madonna House, but for the many, many people who have been touched by Catherine's writings and by our own, our own community spirit. So our founder is Catherine Doherty. I'm not gonna get into a big historical thing, but when she was a, a young woman wrestling to understand what God was asking her to do, because she knew God was calling her very profoundly. And at that juncture in her life, the specific thing she was being called to do was to sell everything she possessed and move into the slums of Toronto to serve the poor. Okay. And after many years of struggle, that would emerge and develop into founding the Madonna House Apostolate. That's a whole other talk, okay? But while she was in those early years, like the late 1920s, early 1930s, she discovered a book called Abandonment to Divine Providence by a French Jesuit named Jean-Pierre 
de Cossade. Now this book, many of you may have run across this book. I recommend it highly. It's a spiritual classic that is all about finding God's will in the immediate circumstances of one's everyday life. And at the heart of this book is the phrase, the duty of the moment. That we, we love and we serve God and we accomplish God's perfect plan for our life. We live the gospel of Jesus Christ, not only principally, but truly solely and exclusively on a moment-to-moment -moment basis because we're creatures who live in time and space. The only moment I have to love is now, which means the only people I have to love are, well, as we say down here in the American South, y'all. <laughs> it's just y'all are the only folks I got because you're the ones who are, well, listening to me right now. And so what is your duty right now? That's God's holy will for you right now. Is there a diaper to be changed? Well, you're loving and serving God, not to mention your infant child, by changing that diaper. Is there a meal to be cooked? And when is there ever not a meal to be cooked, right? You're feeding the hungry. You got laundry to do, you're clothing the naked, and so on and so forth. The duty of the moment. Now that's clear enough. That's not a complicated concept. It's not a complicated deal. We love God and we love our neighbor by being faithful to whatever the immediate task is in front of us. Now, and that's very encouraging. I think it is. I've, I've certainly have found it so. Just in case, well, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there. Just in case you want to love God. <laughs> just in case you, I don't know, maybe want to love your neighbor, but you're not always sure how to go about it. So little story, because we're moving along in good time here. I came to Madonna House when I was very young. I've been a member of Madonna House for over 30 years now, and I'm not that old now. So I was very young. I was a teenager when I first came to Madonna House, and I had had a, a huge conversion. I mean, I was born and raised Catholic, so it wasn't a conversion, but it was a religious, you know, coming to faith, a real, a real religious awakening a couple years prior, when I was like 16 or 17 or something like that. And when I came to Madonna House at age 19, you know, I had really, I had bought in. I was a Roman Catholic. I, I believed. I believed in, I believed in God, the Father Almighty, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, the whole schmear, okay? I really, I had signed on. I'm going to be Catholic. But I had a, I had a very painful quandary, a painful dilemma in that at that point, and, and it was partly coming out of some very, some very difficult experiences and some very painful matters that way too much to go into, but I didn't know how anything that I believed, catechism, creed, I didn't know how any of it had anything to do with my life or anything or anyone's life. I didn't know, I didn't know how to live my faith in any meaningful way. I didn't know what's the connection. So Jesus Christ, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and on the third day rose from the dead. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I was 19 years old. I wasn't very smart. <laughs> but I couldn't make any... What's that got to do with what happens when I get out of bed in the morning? What's it got to do with anything that happens in a real life, in a real day? So my first week at Madonna House, uh, I had this incredible experience. In Madonna House, the after supper, all the men guests go down to what we call the veggie basement, and they're there to do the, the veggie prep, the kitchen, the kitchen prep for the next day's meal. So there I am, age 19, and you know what? Uh, my mother had never taught me how to do anything in the kitchen. Okay, that's the way it was. Uh, and I have a, here I have a peeler in one hand and a carrot in the other, and you're supposed to peel a carrot. So you're, you know, you're 19 years old, you just sort of flail and you throw the carrot in the bucket. Now the person who was in charge took the carrot out of the bucket and said, no, that's not good enough. You, you, missed, you missed this and you did that. So they, well, three times we went through this rigmarole. And so I was like, well, I mean, I was a pretty docile guy. I wasn't, I wasn't looking to start a fight. So I just, I just kept peeling the carrot until I got, till it was peeled appropriately. Okay, so I was learning how to peel carrots. Yay, okay. Um, but then the person looked at me and she had the most beautiful smile. And she said, you know, Dennis, this is how we love God in Madonna House. Well, as far as I was concerned, the heavens just opened and the hallelujah chorus struck up, you know, the angelic choirs to find out that I could love God by peeling a carrot. Well, as well as I was able to. You know what? It was a life changer. It changed my life. Every At that point, all the connections got made in like three seconds. I was like, oh, and that applies to everything. It applies to how I how I how I talk to someone or how I listen to someone or how I how I make my bed in the morning or how I you know every last bit of my life was I can love God by loving in this particular circumstance making the connections well in my experience to put it mildly it helped <laughs> it helped me a lot but you know, Dukasot, okay, that's now anybody I think who is gives some reasonable thought to this matter could probably figure this out. And maybe I would have got there eventually with or without Madonna House. But so that's all well and good. You know, to love God by loving your child, to love, to love your child by doing whatever your child is needing at that moment. I mean, this is not it's not rocket science, right? Thank God, because who among us is a rocket scientist? Um but de Cossade has a little twist on this, in back to de Cossade's book. And in my mind, it elevates it to a level that is really beautiful and really profound. And really, this is where the good news parts come, comes in. He writes that the duty of the moment is actually the sacrament. The sacrament of the present moment. And he uses the two phrases interchangeably throughout the book. He goes back and forth. 
Duty of the moment, sacrament of the moment. Duty of the moment, sacrament of the moment. The sacrament of the present moment. Now, remember, now we're not talking about the seven sacraments of the church. Those are unique. But a sacrament, remember, is a visible sign of an invisible grace. The seven sacraments of the church were instituted by Christ as these concrete, visible means by which we are absolutely assured, this is why they're unique, absolutely assured that the grace of God is flowing through the life of the church so that we are established in a sure and a certain communion with the Blessed Trinity. So, and the church itself is a sacrament. It's a visible sign of the invisible reality of the kingdom of God. The communion of believers in Christ with the Father through the, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So sacrament. So when we speak of the duty of the moment as the sacrament of the moment, then, okay, so we look at the present moment and whatever this present moment holds for us as having a sacramental character. Well, we're plunging into the depths of life here for sure. You can't go any deeper than this because if we decide that we believe this and Honestly, I think it's impossible from a, from a point of view of Christian theology, of Christian faith, it's impossible not to believe it once you see it. What we see then is that at every moment of our life, Christ is coming to us. At every moment of our life, there's an encounter. At every moment of our life, there is, well, there's Christ, Jesus Christ, <laughs> the one, the only, our Lord and our God. And Jesus Christ is not coming to you and to me equipped with an endless to-do list of jobs that he wants us to do. You know, that tiresome word, duty, that can be so burdensome. But Jesus Christ is coming to us as he always comes to us, as our, our loving Savior, our gracious Lord, as our good shepherd, as the one who holds within himself all that is good, all that is true, all that is beautiful and wants nothing except to give it to us by giving us himself. The Lord comes not to take from us. He comes to give and give. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. And that's what's waiting for us in this precious duty of the moment. So the duty of the moment is the will of God. It's the will of God for our lives. And we discover the will of God for our lives one moment at a time. One dirty diaper, one sink of dishes, one load of laundry at a time. But of course, I mean, it doesn't just apply. I'm using all, all the examples I'm using are 
domestic life, you know, the, the chores and of, of domestic life. I mean, it doesn't just apply to that, of course. Uh, my duty of the moment right now is to give this talk. <laughs> Your duty of the moment is to listen to it. <laughs> and so on and so forth. It, it covers everything that our lives hold. So you're, you know, you're, you're going about your affairs during your day and you might have an idea of what jobs you wanna do. And then the phone rings and it's some dear person that you care about and they're, they need to talk because they're in distress. Well, I mean, unless the kettle's boiling over or the, or the child is boiling over, Maybe you need to put your work to the side and listen to the person. It's that sudden, the duty of the moment just changed because what love requires just changed. So that's what it is. That's what it is. What does love require of you right now? That's the duty of the moment. That's God's will. That's where we find the path to holiness. But but then again, what is God's will? What is God's will, really? God's will is not just that we do this, do that, go here, go there. God's, the will of God is not just marching orders. Marching orders from head office, as if the, the whole universe is some big military operation and we're just foot, foot soldiers, you know, waiting to get our, our operational orders for the day. God's will is God's love for us. God's will is that we live our lives <clears throat> in a daily communion of love. God's will is that we experience our life as an ongoing love affair with the Trinity. And that we enter more and more deeply into that divine intimacy that he promises us in Christ. If you love me, keep my commandments, and the Father and I will come and make our home in you. So, all that being said, I do want to answer the question, what is the duty of a Catholic mother but I want to give the answer that our Lord himself gives in John 6, verse 29. When the crowd has asked him, what must we do to do the works that God has for us? And Christ's answer is, this is working for God. To believe in the one that he has sent. And so the primary duty, not just of a Catholic mother, but of everyone, every one of us, is just that, to believe, to believe, to believe that God has sent Jesus, not just once upon a time, long ago and far away in Palestine, but that God is sending Jesus to you, to me, every day, every moment of every day. And this is so important that there's not one moment of your day 
There's not one task awaiting you at every moment of, of your day that you're alone in. I think that can be a terrible struggle. Um, well, maybe for maybe for everyone, but certainly I know I do a lot of spiritual direction. I know I know a lot of moms, okay? I know a lot of mothers. They can feel very isolated sometimes, very alone with that endless list of jobs to do. Work, 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 work. And you can sometimes feel very, very alone in it. But you're not. You're not alone. At every moment, Jesus is there waiting for you. Waiting to live your life with you and in you and alongside you. And so you might talk to him as you go about your daily your daily tasks. You might live your days for the most part in a companionable silence, <laughs> as some of us do with the Lord, but believing, knowing, trusting that we're never alone. We're never confronted with that endless list of chores to be done and then just abandoned in it, but that by our side, in our hearts, in our souls, we have a constant companion. And his grace and his love are upon us always. So this is, this is work. This is working for God. It's not because, let's be realistic, unless you're a mystic or a visionary, you're not seeing Jesus. You don't see Jesus standing beside you at the sink as you're washing the dishes. You don't see Jesus at the stove as you're, you know, making supper. It's, it's faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So it's a work. It's a work. We have to choose. We have to choose to believe it. We have to choose to act as if it is true. But uh, we can also ask for the grace of faith. And to me, that is where um, the duties of our life, the duties of the moment, the duties of our day, the, the work we are asked to do, it does transform from the endless to-do list, the endless burden, the endless chores that await us every day to an endless invitation to pour out our lives in love, in service, through, with, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, in imitation of his, his Eucharistic love, which is poured out for us in the sacrament of Holy Communion. So that's what I have to say. That's my talk. And, uh, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> okay, let me, I'm just going to, some people have posted some questions here in the chat, so I'm going to see what they say. Um, okay, thanks for getting Father Dennis. This is Father Peggy is calling. Um, Peggy, and okay, Madonna House, duty of the moment. Okay, so Peggy. Got, I remember Peggy. <laughs> yeah, so Peggy, uh, Peggy saying hello. 
and I'm not sure what happened there. Um, so just, you know, a, a couple of things. I guess one is, you know, I had a Polish devout religious mother who was, you know, kind of very specific about, you know, not so much verbally about what her duties were, but she would, well, it's, you know, your duty as a wife and mother to have a hot meal every night at six o'clock. And I failed at that mm -hmm. duty. Um, many times I go to Metro and get a, you know, a chicken that's already mm -hmm. made. So I'm, not, I'm not slaving away. Um, you know, and then she's, you know, well, it's your duty as a mom to make sure that, you know, your kids go to mass on on Sundays. Um, are there are there any kind of maybe concrete duties that you think that okay, moms, at the very minimum, you know, you need to be remembering that you know these are some of your concrete you know duties. Like when it came to dinner if I wanted to be in a choir or volleyball team, my mother was like, no, no, you got to be at home for dinner. Like, that's what you do. That's right, what we right, do. Right. You know, dinner is like sacramental in our home and you're not going to miss it. Um, so just, are there any kind of, just like more on the practical side, some duties or? Well, I mean, this is where we can always get into a little, uh, you know, hot water sometimes because, you know, everyone's lives are so different, right? And there's so many cultural norms, like with that, like the whole thing of, no, in this house, we have dinner together every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, there's just, there's, that's a cultural norm. And, you know, culture shifts and people's lives shift and whatnot. And um, so you always want to be, I always want to very much be soft peddling any of that. But uh, I don't know. To So I would say that I would think, um, Certainly, prayer, I mean, to pray, to yeah, be, to, and to teach, I mean, which doesn't mean, you know, hours and hours, but it does mean, I, I mean, it would be very hard for me to envision, um, you know, a Catholic family life where the, the family never says a prayer together. I mean, there's some, I mean, I know that can be a terrible struggle. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, you, the little, the little children are like little monkeys and the, and the, the teenagers are, you know, sullen rebels, right? I mean, you know, you've got the, so sometimes it can be a, a little bit more than a struggle. It can be, you can feel like, oh my gosh, so, you know, <laughs> this is like, but I think, um, I think there, you know, it's one of those battles that needs to be, uh, the, the fight needs to be fought kind of thing, you know, and uh, I think that, but it's, it really is, uh, I, 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 beyond that, though, you know, I don't want to get into too many specifics, because to me, people's lives are just so different. I mean, there are some families where, like, my my family, I mean, yeah, my, but it was a cultural thing. I grew, I was growing up in this in the seventies and eighties, and having meal to a supper together as a family was like well, it was a no brainer. And every other family in the town was also having supper together as a family. So, you know, nobody never crossed anyone's mind that we wouldn't have supper together. But yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, no, no, these days things are so. I mean, everything is so. You know that you have to. So I don't want, I never want to get into this, into the specifics of things because it's, it really is, it's, 
it it is uh, it is about. I would say maybe I mean this is not so much of a specific because I'm really deliberately avoiding that, but but you know I sometimes think what makes a Catholic family a really truly Catholic and Christian family is when both mother and father are looking at the actual needs of the the the, the concrete real people. You know sometimes we can go into a little bit of. Um, Let's see, I'm not wanting to put it in, I'm not wanting to be derogatory, kind of Catholic fantasy land. You know, this is what a Catholic family should look like. And meanwhile, I mean, you have one child who needs something else and you might need something else. And you, as a couple, you might need something else. And I think real Christian family life, real Christianity, it always puts the person at the center. Jesus Christ is always engaged with you and you and you and you. And it's always, it needs to be about what does this person, might be a very little person with a, <laughs> or, a very, or a very big person, what does this person need? And what is the, how do I love this person and so and parents can make all sorts of they have to make all sorts of different discernments every day about the needs of their children i mean they try to maybe have some norms because children need norms they don't need to have every they need to have some regularity but it seems to me that uh that it's always 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 looking at the individual so anyway that would be my if I was to give anything even remotely like a concrete thing, uh, it would have to be that always be, always be discerning it on the basis of what does this child need? What does my spouse need? What do I need? (laughs) And instead of some ideal of well, my house should be immaculately clean at all times because that's what the Blessed Virgin Mary would like. (laughs) (laughs) We need to have a homemade dinner with an orange vegetable and a green vegetable every night. (laughs) And and dessert. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, you know, good way to work yourself into a nervous breakdown, right? It's like, um, and instead it's like gentle, gentle, you know, gentle, gentle. Anyways, that's what comes to me. Yeah, and that that's that that's beautiful. I I remember once watching the movie uh, Mary of Nazareth, and what struck me was how there was like absolutely nothing in her house, like nothing. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, I got a lot of stuff here. <laughs> Maybe my duty is to get rid of some of it so I won't always have to be cleaning. Um, <laughs> but um, a lot easier to clean when you only have the one, <laughs> one yeah. piece of furniture. <laughs> yeah, just like the bad, right? Or the so no. So um, another question that's come up. Um, from one of the moms here and mm. uh, there's actually two so so Nelsie asks could you please speak about how to live the duty 
to correct our children in a sacramental way. So that's mm. that's one question. Um, and then another one, thank Big you, one. Father Dennis, for your insights with the ever-changing style. How do we as mother keep Jesus in our day-to-day -day life, especially mm -hmm. with the older big kids in a small mm. way? So um, I don't know what your time is like, but so the whole oh, idea yeah. of correction, the whole idea of correction, and then the idea of, you know, our older children, maybe some of whom are no longer living at home or well, any thoughts. Yeah. Well, God bless us. Yeah. Well, the first one, oh my goodness. Well, that's a huge topic, isn't it? But uh, I'll give some, just some, it's really what I was just saying, you know, because again, um, I think so often what I what I see, and this is just our this is just our humanity, as we all know, sometimes you you just you just want your kids to shape up. You just want, can we please just you know, can you please stop you know pulling your sister's hair? Get that out right now, kind of thing, you know. I mean, this is just our humanity, right? We're 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 all, I mean, I'm not a, obviously I'm not a parent, <laughs> but I live in community. And uh, sometimes it's not all that different. It's just we just sometimes we in our humanity and our own poverty and our own brokenness we don't always do a great job right we just we, we lose our temper we just go ah, you know? and uh <laughs> anyways but it really is you know to to i think what what we should at least aspire to or strive for is again you know i mean just to seeing our it's that personalistic approach you know where again it's not just well we want we, we do want our children to not you know not set the house on fire thank you very much please i would appreciate it if you don't set the house on fire you know kind of thing or i appreciate if you don't you know don't stick the fork in the electrical outlet please just a suggestion i mean i mean clearly there are times when you just have to swoop in and you know swat some bottoms and move on with the day right but then there's there's other times when it's it's you do want to try to be like having more of a conversation, you know, and and where especially with the older ones, you know, like it's one thing you can swat the bottom when it's a two year old who's about to go tumbling down, you know, the stairs or running out into traffic, but you can't necessarily swat the bottom of the 16 year old, you need to talk to them, you need to have a conversation, you need to you need to find out what, what's, who is this person? And even, you know, so I, I mean, I know that's very hard and I, I believe you, me, I've, I've, I've been around family. I mean, I may, I may be a celibate, but I have spent many, many, many hours with families. And I, I know it's hard. I know that it, but I, I do think what we strive for is to never, um, never just turn into the military disciplinarian but to always be even when they're even when they are little to be aware of the the little immortal soul here made in god's image and be aware that this child they they might need to be at times uh really disciplined quickly but they also need to be well taught nurtured nourished and so i think that's uh it and of course I think one of the most powerful and beautiful things 
because we are poor and we're, we are all, we're all fallible and we can all blow it on any given day of the week. I think one of the most powerful things a parent can do is when they know that they didn't do a very good job of maybe disciplining, when they maybe lost it, blew it, to apologize to your child and ask their forgiveness is a very powerful way of, way of um, modeling the, the humility of Christ to them, modeling the gospel, we're all sinners. Yeah, and with the older children, and believe you me, I, um, gosh, just in the last week, believe it or not, I had two mothers come to me independently to talk about the reality that one of their older children has come out as non-binary and wants to be called they, them. And they have to deal with the reality of this is what's coming at our children these days, right? And unless the, you really have, unless you, I don't know what, unless, unless you're raising them in a cave somewhere, they're being exposed to this, all this gender business and all, all sorts of things. Uh, I had a mother who her, her daughter is having to deal with um, just having incredible guilt and shame over having white skin because that's what they're taught in school is to be ashamed of being white. And they're trying to, you know, trying to walk with this child who is still a child. And so it's very, it's very challenging. And to me, it's like, well, we, we do our best, which is a pretty pathetic answer, <laughs> but we pray. You have to pray. You have to, I think in the face of some of the things that teenagers and young adults are being confronted with and some of the chaos and almost madness of our current um, world that young people are entering, I think we, 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 need to, we need to get our, we need to get our prayer going. We need, we need the rosary. We need the Jesus prayer. We need the sacraments of the church. And we need to, I think, maybe with those children that we do have who are still open to faith, even if they're also maybe being very confused by what's coming at them, we need to encourage them to keep praying no matter what. Because there are things that we can't solve. There are problems. There are, there's a level of confusion and a level of social breakdown <laughs> to put it <laughs> to put it very mildly, mildly. To put it mildly. Put it mildly. <laughs> it's the apocalypse no i'm kidding <laughs> no there's a level of social um disaster really lord have mercy i mean i laugh about it because it's you laugh or you cry right or yeah. in my case you laugh or you cuss and i'm not going to cuss on a webinar it's being recorded here <laughs> <laughs> so there's a level that you know you can try to talk and talk and explain and explain and try to try to speak truth but only god can i think only god can sort some of these things out you know what is a man what is a woman uh what how many genders are there um what is it what does it all mean um there's a level of confusion that has come over. I'm not saying every 
teenager and every young adult is in this, but, but boy, it's, it's, it's widespread. And I'm sure at least someone, someone on this webinar probably is dealing with, if not in their own children, in nieces and nephews. Absolutely. I am my family. I've got nieces and nephews who are completely into this whole gender ideology thing. It's wild. It's wild. And I believe only, only the Holy spirit can truly sort it out because it's a tangled web. Yeah. I encourage moms to read uh, Layla Miller's book, um, profound, profound book, uh, very profound book. Um, now, I just I wanted to mention here, too, that we've got Laura Bodner. Thank you, Father Dennis, for sharing the core message of the duty of the moment with us to tailor the duty lovingly, a particular person in that moment. I'm very grateful to Madonna House, where I visited um, many years ago as a student, and I always look forward to reading your articles in the restoration. I can't tell you what a joy it is to actually hear you speak. <laughs> ah, so uh, you, you, you've got some, you've got some fans here. So you know, we, we love you very much, and we. We uh, thank you. Um, let me just throw one last question at you because sure. heck, I've got you here. <laughs> and I, you know, I had a moment in my own life where I was, you know, in the backyard one day and I was hosting a kid's birthday party. And like, I, like it kind of, I'm like, Dorothy, you know, you're hiring someone to cut the lawn, you're hiring someone. Um, you know, to watch the kids, you're hiring someone to clean the house, you know, and I'm like, you're brokering everything, you know, <laughs> I'm Dorothy, there's something wrong here, right, because it just struck me, I'm like, okay, I'm taking my car to the car wash, and, you know, they're washing it, uh, you yeah. know, going to the restaurant and taking out takeout, they're doing the cooking, and it was just, it was it was it was just like this remarkable moment realizing how I had successfully brokered out all of my duties, and then I wondered <laughs> teaching my kids, you know, <laughs> like I'm paying everybody everything, <laughs> you know, to do everything, right? And it, it was like God hit me in the head with a bucket of something, and I just I decided okay for a time, not forever, I'm just gonna stop any paid service to the house. I just thought, you know, I just need to explore this a little bit, right? I'm just like, what's going on? Brokering my humanity. Um, so I just wondered, you know, what your thoughts were on mm. all of us brokering this and that and like you know I don't, I don't like I don't know I, I don't even know if that's a question maybe it's just oh god bless you Dorothy well that's a very I mean it's a beautiful I mean it's a beautiful testimony and a witness and I think that's see what I hear in that though the maybe the deeper thing is um how much all of us are called to listen and listen deeply you know I mean because at that, that at that moment that was something in you, it just suddenly struck you something, something was off balance, something was out of whack. But you were listening at that, at that moment, you were listening, praise God. Okay, and so you then you took some concrete action for a time. And I think that's the important thing, because there will be times when 
you know what? I mean, we're not medieval peasants who yeah. milk our own cow and make our, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not little house on the prairie, right? Oh, yeah, we turn yeah. our own butter and we, 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 uh, you know, and everything is we, we make our own clothing. And I mean, so this is uh, as much as we'd like to be, we're not Laura Wilder. <laughs> it's, it makes for a good book and it was a good TV series. But, you know, meanwhile, I live in Toronto. <laughs> I can't turn butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This is, this is where's the loom? You know, I can't find a loom. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like people coloring my hair. I can't do it myself, you know. Like, you know and so, but I I think you know this is where it's the listening where you suddenly realize it's that's where maybe there is this it's trying to adopt a it's maybe more about an overall approach to life I mean I wish I could think of a better word than listening but well maybe that's not maybe that is the best word actually where we're trying to listen not only listen listen to our own hearts listen to our family listen to just let us be, you know, let us be attentive. Let us be attentive to what, what's going on here, you know, and, and then, and in that, please, God, listening to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, how do we, how do we live the gospel? You know, in our Madonna House little mandate, one of the lines is preach the gospel with your life without compromise. <gasps> okay. And then, it's like, wow, how do we do that? And then the next, the next words are, Listen to the spirit, he will lead you. And I think because at any given time, there may be a time, it's like, it's like Ecclesiastes, there's a time for war and a time for peace. There's a time for, a time for building and a time for tearing down. And, you know, and I, it's, it'll change with time. There are times when it's time to hire away, you know, let's, <laughs> let's employ, let's employ the world, you know, because I can't do anything, I can't get out of bed, I'm, you know, I've got, you know, uh, and then there are times when it's like, now, wait a minute, no, we need, there's times to simplify, and then there's times to say, wait a minute, we've gone too far, and, you know, we're, we're, we're not Carthusian monks here, we're, we're you know, there's a time time to be giving stuff away and there's a time to say but no no that's not good for my children they they need to care for, have things and care for them. and listen it's it's the listening it's the listening it's the listening and i think that's the crucial thing in all of this this duty of the moment business well it's all well and good it's one thing when okay well someone has to make supper so i'm going to make supper i mean that's what you call a no-brainer it might be <laughs> what you make for supper might not be a no-brainer but the fact that supper has to be made you know as a as a, the moms on facebook say they need to be fed again <laughs> i just fed them yeah and like in my in, in last little you know yeah. mm-hmm. that when you know i i had a extremely rewarding and you know whatever career and and I I used to like privileged and certainly didn't deserve the opportunity to deliver corporate seminars like across Mm -hmm. Canada across the U.S. Australia New Zealand and so I met like you know thousands and thousands of women and I was I was single at the time I was single Mm -hmm. but I heard a lot of women after seminars saying to me oh my gosh I missed years of my children's childhood um 
for the corporation, right? And I was single at the time with no children. And it was almost as if God was talking to me then ahead of time. And mm. it, it affected me dramatically when I did have my first child, because I'm like yeah. those voices, right? And yeah. I had I not heard all those, all that morning. Anyway, I'm a little bit all over the map. Good, Dorothy. No, it's good. Yeah. The, the sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, we all have our own journey, our own, our yeah. own mothers that have left, you know, marks on us and, and so on and so forth. So um, I'm going to ask the, the moms that have signed on today. Could you please, 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 please pray a rosary today for Father Dennis? Oh. I mean, it's only, it's three o'clock, right? So you've got plenty of time. Praying the rosary only takes, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, and would you please, at least if five of us, six of us, you know, seven of us prayed the rosary uh, for Father Dennis in Thanksgiving, um, you know, I think it would be wonderful. So uh, just from the bottom of our hearts, Father Dennis, thank you. Thank you for addressing the very sensitive topic of, um, okay, we just got a couple of hours. Okay, hi, Dorothy. Thank you for hosting this session. Maybe the Lord wants you to farm out more of your home duties. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's some other comments here. Thank you, Father, for your insights and for the ever-changing lifestyle that we as mothers do keep. Um, so anyway, we're, we're getting a lot of thank yous. Uh, I'm sure that uh, a mm. lot of moms will be praying in Thanksgiving. Mm. And um, if there's ever anything that we can do for you. Mm, well, thank you. Let me know, because uh, yeah. I got myself a network, so. <laughs> I'm a, uh, you know, I'm in, the, we have our local parish here in Salem, Missouri. I might just send a couple of the women in the parish a link to your, your Catholic Moms organization, because we don't have a Catholic Moms group in this parish, so well, stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, Maybe we'll get something going down here in, in oh, uh, South Central Missouri. <laughs> ah, I would be so excited. That would definitely be an answer to prayer. Anyway, um, we'll help in any way that we can, and um, please know that you're loved. Please know Thank that you. you're missed. And uh, please know that uh, you're prayed for. Okay. Amen. Well, thank you so yeah. much. So thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Um, it was a real pleasure uh, having you having you all here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you. I'm sure Father will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye now. Bye bye.